What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jeff Needs Sports. Uh, yes, I know Jeff is a football guy, and that's what most of you know me for, what you tune in for. So this is my uh, Jeff Needs Sports NBA midseason report, and I, I brought some experts on from the Off the Ball Network uh, to kind of uh, recap what's happened so far this season, uh, talk about what's you know what to look for coming up the second half of the the NBA season. So uh, tonight we got uh, Fresh and John from uh, the Hoopers. What's up, guys? What's going on, everybody? Hey, thanks for coming on. We got uh, <laughs> the 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 other VP uh, Mo from Up in Flames. What's going on, Mo? What's going on, Jeff? Appreciate you for having me on. And we got Chris LeBron over here, too. He's out running errands for us tonight, but uh, he wants to participate in the show because that's what the Prez does, uh, you know. So uh, we're going to kind of – we'll kind of move on, and uh, Chris can do what he can do, and we appreciate it. We appreciate the help. So um, we'll kick it off. Essentially what we're going to do here – I know every – like basically this show is for like – you know, not to be condescending, but like people who watch, like might watch Sports Center, or they like just start watching the NBA as it starts heating up in the second half of the season. So everybody knows, like you know, LeBron, the Nets, the Lakers, you know, things like that. That that pops up all the time. So I brought you guys on to talk about some of the other things, uh, give people something to look for, something to uh, to watch the second half of the season that maybe they're not up to speed on. So here we go. We'll uh, we're gonna start with. The surprise team so far this season. So, uh, Hoopers, we'll start with you guys first. Who's your surprise teams, good or bad, from the the beginning of uh, the twenty twenty one season so far? Uh, I'll go good first. Definitely for me, Utah um, having the best record in the league, and they're beating the best teams in the league. They just beat down the Lakers. They beat Philly. Um, I I didn't expect Utah to be as good as they are for sure this year. Oh, yeah. Like every night I would turn it on and they were winning. I mean, they came out of the bubble, like, you know, obviously looking good with the Denver series and all that. But, man, I mean, they look – and when, when they're playing good, I keep saying they remind me, like, once again, I'm not the fan that you guys are or watch it like every, you all do. But when I watch Utah play, like, I think San Antonio Spurs. Like, it feels like the ball's moving in circles and then it, they get a good shot every time kind of thing. You know, Joe Kick's awesome. So, I think that's a good choice. John, is that your choice? Um – no, I'm going with good Charlotte Hornets. Okay. I kind of – honestly, after they signed Gordon Hayward, I kind of figured, if nothing else, they will be a hard-playing team, smart. And then you add LaMelo, which was the right pick. You needed a young star who you could build on and with some talent and some skill just to liven it up. Him and Miles Bridges is arguably the, the top three pick-and-roll combination right now. And now that – and I think the big thing with LaMelo, he's worked on his jump shot. But Charlotte's just overall good. Malik Monk had a big night. They just got good scoring from everywhere, especially from the guard positions. Huh, see, I, I I haven't paid much attention to him at all. That's that's why we have you guys on here. Uh, Mo, how about you, man? Surprise teams. Well, they went good, so I'm going to go bad. Okay. And I'm going to talk about the team that I'm representing. Uh, my Miami Heat. They, <laughs> They're it's, on my it's, list. They have to be. In my eyes, they have to be. This team just went to the finals. They don't even have a winning record. Like, we're talking about a team that just competed in the NBA finals, took the Lakers to six. And But you, if you remember, after we talked, you know, we talked about the finals afterwards. I said, slow down on anything that happened in the bubble that was amazing to you. Slow down. All those guys got to prove themselves and run it back. My biggest thing... I wasn't as big on Tyler Hero as everybody else. I knew you were going to bring up. Like Hero, I, I, I love Tyler Hero. I think he's a good player, but I didn't jump on the baby goat 
you know, all that talk, <laughs> the, the social media talk of Tyler Hero, it was like he played good, run it back. If you can repeat what you did in the bubble this year, you're going to get my respect. I'm not a guy who jumps on guys after one year. Like, it takes more than one year for me. I give you your respect, but, like, I, I don't crown Luka King yet. I don't think, you know, I'm not ready to say the Utah Jazz – are going to win the NBA Finals. Like, I'm not ready to do any of that yet when I see all these other proven players. But the way the Miami Heat have played up to this point, even though they had a lot more factors than a lot of other teams that haven't played up to par with COVID and injuries and whatnot, the fact that we're looking at a team that just competed in the NBA Finals would not be in the playoffs today. Like, yeah. it's it's been disappointing. It's been rough to have my they're a, they're a high hopes. Winner. You know, year one, we weren't even supposed to be in the finals. That wasn't part of the process, the plan. We get there, we compete, uh, look really good, amaze everybody, and then we go back to typical Miami Heat fashion. So it's just it's been kind of rough. So I'm going to go with the bad and say the Miami Heat have been a surprise at how bad they've been. Yeah, I think they're on most people's charts. Chris LeBron, can you hear us? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Miami what? is uh... – was on definitely one of my list, but uh, the Knicks for me, the New York got to be right. <laughs> the New York Knicks. I mean, I'm surprised that they're this good. I think the Knicks are surprised they're good. You know, there's, <laughs> there's no expectations this year. I don't think they thought Julius Randle would be this good at all, or else they don't draft to be topping. Uh, I think that definitely changed. You know, the whole thought of the season. So for me to be 15 and 17, I mean, you couldn't have. If you told me that before the season, I would have just been going crazy. You know, I didn't expect I, much I think this everybody season. would have. <laughs> I didn't expect anything from this season. I expected another, you know, down season, you know. But, you know, Julius Randle's an all-star. This team is playing better. You know, like, you know overachieving isn't even, you know, uh, putting, is putting it, you know, uh, I don't know what another word for overachieving is. This team is just playing, you know, inspired basketball. Like, it, it feels good to watch this, you know, in the they have a chance to win every game, like which is something that, you haven't said in a while for the Knicks. You know? Yeah, I get so, it, man. I'm... It feels good. And Utah too is another team, and I had Utah as like a surprising team as far as oh for sure. You know, I don't. I mean, I thought we they we th- I think we thought they thought we'd be good, but not this good. Not, not, not like this. No, not like this. So like for them to play to be playing this good, like the number one team. I mean, they they just blew out the Lakers. I know AD's out, but. That's still something. Like ever since they lost to the Knicks at the Garden, you know they've been on a roll. Like they've been on a roll. So something about the Knicks, you know, the Bucks lost to the Knicks at the Garden, then they started rolling. So you know, something about the Garden, you know. But uh, yeah, for me, the Knicks, uh, not to be biased or all that, but you know, no, I don't. Miami, I didn't bring up Miami, Utah, but to me, I'll just bring up the Knicks. I mean, it's just you know they're just playing really inspired basketball, and hopefully they keep it up because uh, right now, I mean. They're in that playoff uh, hunt. You know, the Tennessee right now, the, you know, um, I know Miami jumped them. So, but they're still in that playoff. If they if it starts right now, they're in the playoff uh, battle. So, it's, you know, it's just fun basketball to see. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hoopers, who's your bad? You gave us you gave us good. Who's your bad? Um, for me, Boston, for sure. Mm. The Celtics are playing really bad basketball right now. Um, they, you know, they started out with Kimba, so I expected them to start a little slow, which, but it, it just seems like they're they're still missing some of the same pieces. There's no growth there. Uh, Gordon Hayward meant more to the team than they probably thought that he meant, so I feel like they kind of missed him. Marcus Smart out too. Yeah, and Mar- Marcus Smart being hurt. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, that hurts. So, you know, in- injuries have a little bit to do 
with what's going on, but I also just feel like they're kind of regressing. Yeah. Signed the monkey feathers. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think, and I think what we've learned is a lot of that, like Mo brought it up, is coming out of the bubble. Like, I think the bubble was a unique situation, and where we judged these teams, and it was it was such a different environment. And like, you know, we would have thought Boston would have came into this season just just rolling in Miami and everything, but it's just not like that. that. That was just a total different situation, and it was like that going into the bubble too. We all talked about that last year. Obviously, me the Chicago Bulls, I didn't, I didn't, pers- I thought we were going to be just terrible this year like worried about next year's draft and all that and as of right now i believe it's a half game out of a home playoff game i mean i know the east is yep. the east but but like, the right yep. yeah them and the knicks are just what what a great story this year because you know anytime those markets are good it's you know especially for sports podcasters man it's conversation like whether whether you're a fan or not um so yeah i'm, I'm real happy with where the bulls are what halloween's playing when they drafted him i knew he was a quote-unquote project but I like for a player to stick with it and and become better and a little bit better and better every year, and it, it starts paying off rather than, you know, if you draft if, if you draft Levine one and he has his first couple seasons, then everybody's like bust, you know, he's out of the league, you know what I mean? I like it when they can be patient with the player and let him become the guy. So I've, I've been super excited about the Bulls season so far. So um, and Laurie marketing through them balling. Laurie marketing is finally playing up to. Like that rookie year where everyone was so excited about him, he's averaging what twenty a game. So yeah, the, you and, know the Bulls, and I, and on top of Le, uh, Levine just be playing at a and it's not just that he's he's scoring, he's being efficient too. He's yeah, it's yeah. percent. It's he's real almost scoring. fifty forty ninety. Like that's crazy. He's almost fifty forty ninety as a player, and like yeah. his playmaking has gotten better. He just. He's been absolutely tremendous. It, it's been amazing. I, 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 I mean, I personally doubted him myself, but I'm still glad to see that. There's, well, you know what? Speaking of players, let's. Uh, if you guys don't mind, you guys want to move on to surprise players. Um, surprise players. Mm. Yeah. Surprise players. Yeah, like so. So far, and then this doesn't mean like you know, like I talked about. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean like somebody that you're like, wow, he's good. I mean, like who's really been like, man, that guy's really helping his team. You know, get from point A to point B. Uh, Mo, you go first, man. Um, I mean, we've kind of brought up a couple, like the first couple that really come to my mind. But I'm a, I'm a revert back to Gordon Hayward. Uh, yeah, what he's done for Charlotte is the biggest thing about it. Like you said, he's really helping his team win. They're young, you know. They grab Lamelo, Malik Monk is turning into like he, like everybody on that team is kind of surprising you. Uh, everybody didn't know how good LaMelo was going to be, you know, coming into, they knew he was probably going to be the star of the draft, uh, later on, but nobody knew how good he was going to be. But I I think all that centers around their best player right now and it's Gordon Hayward. So he it's it's not that I didn't, I just didn't think he had that Utah jazz in him anymore. Like even when he was at Boston, I know he was injured. He had that, you know, freak injury. And everything, and I thought that was like I know Gordon Hayward could contribute to a, a a playoff contending team, but I didn't think he could go back to being Utah like the Utah Gordon Hayward and be that guy, and um, ultimately help a team win games. I mean, you know, uh, Charlotte has a chance at the playoffs. It could be they're they're a lot better than we think as a team, and I think I got to give the credit to Gordon know? Hayward. We can name you know everybody who's coming to their own look better than we thought. Terry Rozier been balling. Definitely give him credit, but I got to give the credit of that team and what we thought was a bad contract 
at the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, we thought it was crazy to pay Gordon Hayward that kind of money. And we know Jordan, yeah. Michael Jordan could say what he want. He didn't know Gordon Hayward nope. still had it in him. <laughs> he was desperate to make some money because, you know, arguably the greatest play, the GOAT, what, however we want to put it, He's a terrible talent evaluator. He does. He he hasn't evaluated talent. Wait, great you since trying to say Adam Morrison was a bad was a bad was a bad? <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing him in there too. But you know, Jordan hasn't been the greatest uh, talent evaluator, and so for him to have Gordon Hayward right now, it looked like a bad contract. Gordon Hayward playing great. He playing worth his money. Absolutely. Um, so so I yeah. definitely got to give that of all the surprise players. We're gonna go around the table and hear more, but. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna give Gordon Hayward his flowers. Nice. We'll go to Chris next, uh, just in case we lose him again. Who's your surprise players, Chris? I have a few that um, go ahead. That I've been really good, really under the radar guys. One guy from Dallas. I had um, Brunson, uh, Jalen Brunson. He's hey, been bro. really good for. He's been balling out for for Dallas. Last ten games, shooting fifty percent from the field or forty percent from three. Knockdown free throw shooter. He's been really uh, clutch for Dallas. Norman Powell from the Raptors. I mean, he's having a, a breakout season. Average of 20 points mm -hmm. a game. He's been a real key of why Toronto's been emerging of late because they struggled. They were struggling. Yes. They were really struggling yeah. early on the season. And Norman Powell's been stepping up uh, along with Fred Van Vliet and all those guys from Toronto. Why they're, you know, this is why Kyle Lowry is, is kind of expendable right now that he's even a trader with. Which is crazy. Fred Van Vliet, who just got paid, just got what he got eighty five mil from them. So, and another guy to me, Jordan Clarkson. I mean, I thought he even should have got uh, all star considerations, and because he's been he he's a he's a lightning rod off the bench. Like he's and he's efficient too. That's another thing. It's not just that he's scoring and he, he's shooting forty percent. He's shooting at a high four high forty percent. And you can't replace those guys. A guy that can come in and guarantee you, like, you, you know, uh, efficiency like that, that's just mm – -hmm. you can't replace that in the NBA. That's no. so important. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so important. He's been a big reason why Utah, you know, is is as good as they are right now. He, he's just a lightning rod off the bench. He just certified bucket. You know, I think, what, a few games ago he had 40 points. He's just uh, – yeah. I think he was at Hoopers of the Week. I think the Hoopers yeah, – y'all even had him at the Hoopers of the Week. At, uh, the yeah. You know, so he, he's been a, he's been a baller, yeah. So uh, yeah, those are my two guys that to me are just they've been a big key part of their teams and and their success. Well, that's the thing. You guys all know we're all fans too, and like you know, there's nothing worse when you know a guy comes off the bench on the on the team you're playing, and you're like, and and you're dreading it. That that those guys those guys kill you, man. When if they can come in for you know you know five seven minute stretches and and burn you, that that just kills you, man. But uh, all right, Hoopers, who's your surprise players? We talked. We talked about a few of them. We dabbled, but you. Uh, I got one is Mikael Bridges from Phoenix. He's been there. I say he's been the most consistent player and the oh, wow. second offensive player. He straps every night. Like he doesn't get scored on at all. Like he's been tough. And uh, I'm going to New York. Nick Julius Randle. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe we made it this long without saying Randall. I get a promotion, so I had to do that real quick. Nah, Chris. Chris tried not to bring him up. That's all it was. Chris, no, it, just, he didn't want to go Knicks, Knicks, I, I Knicks was, for everything. I would have brought him up. I would have. No, I had. Him up I had. Like he's been balling. He gets, I had a couple triple doubles. He's knocking down threes. He's been efficient. It's I always crazy. thought he was one of the players. He was a little wild on offense, but he's kind of contained that. And he's using his strength and his speed to the best of his ability, and he got him in the playoffs right now. No, it's crazy. I was, 
I was a fan of his coming out, so I'm glad to see it. I, I don't know something about the kid I just liked, and, and to see this, you know, happening is really cool. What about you, Fresh? Who you got? Chris definitely stole my pick in uh, Jordan Clarkson. He, <laughs> but like what, like you said about you don't want to see him against your favorite team. He he killed Philly for forty, so it was hard watching that. Right, being <laughs> a seventy six is fair, but Jordan Clarkson is running away with uh, six man of the year this year. Uh, oh really? Yeah, he's been really really <laughs> important for Utah Utah's success. So I think he's gonna win that easy. Um, and another player is in OKC. They're not winning as much, but Shea Gildress Alexander took another step this year. Uh, nice. All-star himself this year. If they were had a few more wins, he probably would have got in. But getting over 20 points per game, he's looking like the future of that franchise. So um, He just dropped 40, too, last night. Yeah, 40, <laughs> he just had 40 last night. Yeah, he did. So. He was Hooper of the night. So he got one mean, Hooper of the night. Yeah, yeah. Hooper of the night. If anybody doesn't know that's listed, Hooper of the night. Uh, the the Hoopers. Uh, if you haven't checked out their podcast, check it out. Check out their you know work on the Off the Ball Network. Uh, they give out Hoopers of the night and awards like that. Do a great show every week. So um, that's what we're referring to. But um, so like as a casual fan, you know, you know, I see this too. But I tell you, it, this this sounds weird. But a guy that surprised me of how like he's he's went to the next level is Embiid. I didn't know, like, I, I, it's like I saw game, you know, certain games to where I'm like, man, this guy is, you know, but just this season, I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's the guy they drafted. That's the guy we thought we had. So like when I turn it on and I see this, I'm like, I guess pretty good. Like he's really putting something together. So it's, it, I should, it's, it's surprising just to me that I'm like, okay, you know, that's the guy. But, you know, I already talked about Levine and you guys, you know, some of the – I don't like to talk too negative, but, like, you know, Hero, some guys like that that Mo brought up, like, they all stand out. But, um, you know, Murray's not a surprise, but he's a – It's I love watching uh, Murray play. Uh, that, you know, 50-point game he had, what, maybe three or four nights ago, like stuff like that. Like, it's I, – I, I just – I enjoy seeing this young talent flourish in the NBA. It's, it's so much fun to watch. Uh, you guys probably see it every night on Twitter – you know, I, I beat people over the head with it. I don't know why everybody's stuck in the 90s and and doesn't think that basketball can ever be good again. They're crazy. These teams would blow the doors off the 90s. I'm telling you right now, I watched it happen. I don't care what anybody says. But, uh, no, nah, those are all good picks, man. So. I'm glad you brought up Embiid just because, like, Embiid is making me look really great right now because uh, everybody looked at me crazy coming into the season. I said, to me personally, I felt like talent-wise, Joel Embiid's a top five player in the NBA, period. Yeah, apparently. But yeah. he doesn't he, – his his um, consistency, he didn't bring it every night. So, That's like, at his best, at. you give everybody their A-plus game. To me, Joel Embiid is a top five player in the NBA, period, no question. We can argue, I'll kick whoever you have out of the top five. I'll find somebody, <laughs> and I'll put Joel Embiid there. But now he's bringing it consistently in – Look at Philly. Like, Philly yep. looks great in, in all this. Uh, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid weren't getting along. And, and all these little stories around Philly that we were hearing, there was no confirmation from them, but it was just said over and over. So we believed it. And then, like, this Doc Rivers isn't a great coach. Or he's a he's a great coach, but he's not, he's not going to take Philly to the next level. He was a questionable hire for Philly. They look 100 times better with they Doc Rivers like leading the – he was the next step. We knew Brett Brown wasn't going to take Philly the next step. I think Philly has a chance of going to the NBA Finals this year. And it wow. starts with Joel Embiid. And then, you know, another thing, 
I got a squad. Another thing we've talked about, most of these surprise teams we've talked about have new coaches. I mean, there's, there's, there is something to that. Um, mm -hmm. All right. So uh, let's talk about some of the rookies. Uh, and, and, and when I, when I sent this to you guys, like it was more like, yeah, we know like not only who like the really good ones are, but you might be on a bad team and be a really great rookie. So like rookies that have, that have mattered, does that, if that makes sense. So um, we'll start, we'll start with Chris this time, just so we, just in case we lose him again. Uh, who's rookies that have had an impact, Chris? I mean, to me, there's only one rookie that, to me, is making the most impact. And, I mean, we I think we know who that is, and that's LaMelo Ball. I mean, what he's been yeah. doing late, you know, help carrying this team. I mean, you look at the Charlotte team going into the season, and you're just like, okay, they got some young pieces, but you didn't expect much. You probably – people are imagining LaMelo and Cade in the future, you know, possibly that. But now, like – he has them ball in the last 10 games. Like I said, being efficient, too, being a playmaker. I think he's averaging 20, you know, 20 points a game in the last 10 games. His turnovers are down. His assists are up. You know, I think he's uh, his assist, uh, turnover ratio is, uh, is, is very good, you know. He, Which surprises me. He, he's averaging three steals a game the last 10 games. He's one of the leaders in steals per game, I think around two a game. He's just – He's the reason why this team is flowing, you know. It's just everything about LaMelo screams that he's going to be a superstar player. And to me, he's made the most impact out of all the rookies. I mean, there's rookies that are doing good, you know, some surprising rookies like Peyton Pritchard and all that. But to me, it's LaMelo Paul. I mean, that's it. He's just – he's 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 running away a rookie of the year right now. He's as, been as absolutely fabulous. Yep. And he's going to change the culture of Charlotte where people – you think, Charlotte, you're like, okay, they got Michael Jordan, but that's it. Now I think he's going to change the whole culture where, like, I know it's, it started kind of started with Gordon Hayward. Like, he wants to go there. And I think it's going to be a cycle. It's going to, it's going to change for Charlotte. I mean, people people always like the jerseys, too. Like, I know that doesn't mean much of our – No, it does to me. But they're classics. <laughs> but the jerseys are – I want them grandma jerseys, yeah. And then you get to play – you get to – play from Michael Jordan's team and you're going to play with LaMelo. I mean, that's going to be a destination for a while. I yeah. think I truly believe that's going to be a destination for, for guys to, to go play with LaMelo and, and obviously play for Michael Jordan. So to me, the only rookie that really matters is LaMelo Ball. <laughs> all, right, all right, Mo, who you got? Did you have LaMelo? I, I just, yeah, I got, no, I didn't actually. I just, I, I, I understand <laughs> where Chris was going. He made all his points were valid. The only statement I don't like is that he's the only rookie that matters. Because Tyrese Halliburton over there in Sacramento, like, I have to give him this. Two pick. guys, without going the LaMelo route, him and Patrick Williams for uh, Chicago. And I look at – and the reason why I look at – Halliburton is, is playing – I apologize, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, but, like, like he's playing great – Halliburton's playing great basketball. He's a good shooter. He plays on a, a semi-bad team, I guess. But you look at – there's really not bad teams in the NBA. Like, there are record-wise. But when you no, look, everybody point, has – they have somebody to watch. Like, whether it's your, yeah. you – you want to watch Minnesota, they're playing bad, but – they got Anthony Edwards. Even the Pistons have Jeremy Grant. Like, there's somebody, there's a matchup, no matter who plays each night, that's worth watching every game for teams that I wouldn't give the time of day in, in a normal sense, even a bad team. So, I like Halliburton and, and then Patrick Williams. And the reason why I love Patrick Williams, I don't think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Obviously, nothing like that. I just love the fact that everybody hated the Patrick Williams pick at the time that he got picked, was it four or five? Yeah, four. 
It, yeah. was, it was number four. Matter of fact, we did the live draft show at the time that Patrick Williams got picked, and everybody was just like, oh, my God, like, whoa. Everybody was about to lose their mind. Chicago has no idea what they're doing. State. You know, they're terrible. That was a terrible pick. But the, my, I didn't think it was a great pick, but I didn't hate it either. My thing about Patrick, those Florida State guys, you don't know. You don't really see how good they are individually because Florida State isn't that type of system. So they have guys who look really good in that system and don't uh, translate over to the NBA. But then they have guys who, talent-wise, individually, will their game transitions to the NBA, but you don't get to see that in college because of that system. It's a great system, but it keeps them at um, top of the ACC every year. You know, one of the better teams, consistent teams. Uh, and uh, Coach Leonard Hamilton, he's a great coach, but you didn't get to see like how good Patrick Williams really was because you just don't see those guys. Yeah. You see them in a system. They're in a system, and that's it. Nobody, no one man is bigger than that system, but those are my two guys that, without going LaMelo Ball, th those two guys have, have impressed me and made impacts right away. And I'm happy I'm happy for them both. So, Hoopers, who you guys got? I know you guys dig way into this. I, I bet you got some good ones. Yeah, I love the Patrick Williams pick, but I got to go uh, Emmanuel quickly for uh, New York because um, the Knicks, their guard play early in the season was terrible. Um, we were begging for them to get some type of point guard. And, you know, he's he provided a good spark for them. So I definitely like uh, Emmanuel quickly. And um, not to piggyback, but I got to go with most because I think Patrick Williams has been a big surprise because people did really – Really like he went number four. Like why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so his teammate, who also has been playing solid, uh, they thought he should have went yeah, higher. Uh, yeah, Vessel. They thought Vessel should have went higher. But uh, I, I like Patrick Williams. He's doing his thing in Chicago for sure. I'm, and I'm happy to see it. I apologize, <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> I, I was really down on that pick, but that's I, that's, that's what yeah. I do football. I think the I, whole I mean, world was really down on that pick. Like, nobody loved it. At the end of the day, that was a pick nobody loved. Like oh, I wasn't God. like, oh, I hated it as much as everybody else, but I still was. It was. It, I, didn't, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't do they know it. something we don't? Like, and clearly <laughs> they did. But in my head, that was my question. Do they? They have to know something we don't, because nobody had Patrick Williams going in the top five. No, period. Hey, like nobody no, had that. No, no, no. What, you, what about you? What about you? He John? was just a super raw prospect. That's the thing. He's just super raw. Like coming off the bench, his numbers weren't great. I mean, but the physical tools were there. Like you look no, at him, he's chiseled. He's, he's built like a Greek god, you know. But the game didn't. It didn't. You didn't see it on the court as consistently as you wanted to. But he's obviously playing a lot better you know, in Chicago, and he's doing good. So good for him. Yep. Uh, um, I'm gonna go Tyrese Maxey, Philly. When um, Seth Curry was out or Danny Green was out, he provided him with another ball handler and shooting, and he kind of kept that other guard position stable, and he was able to play a little point guard. And my other one, I wanted to go James Wiseman, but he doesn't miss so many games. It's kind of – the Warriors look better without him for that part, so he got to kind of get back in there. But um, Kyrie's Maxey, Emmanuel Quickly, of course, and it was one more it was just on my head. I met – oh, Peyton Pritchard for uh, Boston. Okay, yeah. He's kind of tailed off a bit as Boston has gotten worse. But when Boston was winning and Kemba was out, he provided them with good minutes, scoring, some clutch shots, mm -hmm. good defense and hustle. And I don't think anybody – I know, of course, a lot of you guys saw it come, but I don't think a lot of people saw Peyton Pritchard being an impact player for Boston. I don't – of course, a lot of people thought probably thought he was a second afterthought, especially after the next went in the, in the lottery pick, was, was the lottery pick for him. 
So Peyton Pritchard has been a big surprise for me. Had an impact him and Tyrese Maxey definitely. Yeah, it, it's crazy like how they implement. Uh, like it seems like every year rookies, man, they it's it's plug and play. It's like they got a position for them when they draft them, and they got to go do their job. That's a lot to ask. Like you don't, you know, that's not every. It's not easy, <laughs> you know. These guys coming in, you know, most of them are only they're most of them are less than twenty years old, less than twenty one. Yeah. Not that you're throwing them mm-hmm. in, you know, a professional game, and for them to do their job, I think it's. I, I always think it's credit to the players, man. Like yeah. once again, I'm yeah. always, I always, I'm always a proponent of like NBA players are way better than people think as far as people, as far as like intelligence, as far as just like being professionals and i think it just proves them man these kids come in at 20 years old and can contribute that it's amazing i, I couldn't have done anything like that but yeah, we got to stop telling rookies they're bust before the rookie year oh, is yeah. even over like oh, yeah. That, oh, that's, yeah, yeah i hate that like yeah. i hate that we don't even give yeah. and yeah, i don't get, say we as us here 15, that's it yeah like we give like the first three weeks and it's like oh he didn't come out and play crazy and all of a sudden he's a bust like i don't even count guys rookie year okay they may not have played up to their expectations it doesn't make them a bust some of these guys like you said they're 19 20 years old coming in one year out of, uh, out of high school they just got out of high school like you look at like life we get out of high school. Most of us don't have it figured out until our mid to late twenties. But yeah. like our life isn't over, so Your we 30s. can't tell. <laughs> like, I get tired of yeah. We you, we still <laughs> figure it out. That. But I hate telling like I hate hearing that guys are a bust. Like one guy, Obi Toppin. I hated seeing that he's a bust. <laughs> How is he a bust when he hasn't even had a chance to show you what he has? Like we're, we're what thirty some games in. Like no yeah, matter like, what. Like yeah, yeah, like you're not a bust. Like That's, this guy might year four. He might be an all star. And now Zach all Levine, of a sudden, man. this guy Zach that you were Levine. ready to call a bust, Zach Levine, he was a bust in Minnesota. All, all he could do is dunk. That's it. He's nothing else. He's athletic. He's going to kill you with athleticism. That's it. Now look at him. He's an all-star player. Some guys just take longer. Zach Levine is only, what, 25 maybe? 26? Yeah, he's like 25. So he still hasn't even hit his prime. Now he's an all-star. Now we're going to have expectations for him of being a consistent all-star. I mean, I think the way he's playing, that's not much to ask for a guy who makes an all-star game and is just hitting his prime. And another guy going back to the, is Julius Randle. Look how great he like, look how great he is now, but he was a bus. Like yeah. all yeah. of a sudden he was a bus. You but people, right, you're right. Yeah. You gotta it's be the, the right, right situation. Place, right time. Like the, got, the greater you are, the worse of a situation you end up going to in a sense. You know, it's, it's that's what I don't like about the draft is like, we watch these great talents, go to bad teams, bad organizations, bad rosters, and expect them to be the savior. And, like, that's a lot of pressure on a 19-year-old. Like, let them get accustomed to NBA life first. Give them two to three yeah. years. Then we can start measuring busts. But I hate killing guys on in the middle of their rookie season that it's over. Their career is done. They're done. Yeah. Like, I, I hate that. Except, except for um, Anthony Bennett. Like, that dude was that, – that, 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 that dude was a bust. That dude was a bust. That was good. That's it. That, he, that, was, that was a little different. All right. Before we get sidetracked, so the opposite. This is a great segue. Uh, the opposite of Anthony Bennett. Um, let's talk about who's the MVP so far. And what I mean is who is at, who won the first half of the year. Uh, we'll uh, let's start with Chris again in case we lose him. Chris, who's your MVP of the first half? MVP of the first half to me. Um, to me, he's unanimous. I know I'm going to get some heat for that, but to me, he's unanimous. And that's M- S. Joel M- uh, Embiid, aka MVP. He's the MVP. Yeah. He's playing. He's playing 
what is he averaging? 30 and 12. Like I said, shooting 50, over 50% from the field, 40% from three. He's a good free throw shooter, 85% from the free throw line. Number one seed in the East. You know, he is just playing. It's, it, it's, it's impressive. And his defense, too. I mean, he's he can he's in the running for defensive player of the year also. He's going to be all NBA first team defense. So, to me, I mean, Jokic was there, but the fact that Denver has, you know, they're like a seventh, eighth seed right now. They haven't played great of late. That dropped him down. And to me, LeBron was in there, too. And uh, I think without AD, he's going to – the team's going to struggle because they don't have a lot of talent after AD and LeBron. Yeah, well, he's a little tired, too. Yeah. Like- and yeah, and I think I think Joel Embiid right now is the MVP of the first half. He is playing absolutely tremendous. Big reason why the Sixers are the number one seed in the East. So to me, and that goes Joel Embiid that, MVP. That goes to Mo's point too. Let's 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 remember the Embiid. Like, did he even? Play? I know he didn't play his first year, right? And did he play his, the second year in the league? Did he even play? He missed right. the first two years of the league, and, and, it, played it, was, and it all all it was years, was like thirty games. Yeah, all it was was Philadelphia, like how dumb, what a waste of this, and what could have been, blah blah blah. That's exactly the most points. Like, no, you gotta, you you, you gotta you gotta play the long game. You know, you gotta stick this out. And Embiid is is proving everybody right. So, uh, uh, Hoopers, who's your uh, MVP of the first half? <clears throat> Definitely agree with Chris. It's uh, it's Embiid, Joel Embiid. He's having averaging Shaq like numbers. The percentages are high everywhere from the field, free throw line. Imagine three. if Shaq yeah. could shoot threes. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, am, yeah. I, am I wrong? Right. Yeah, <laughs> basically. basically or if Hakeem was seven feet tall. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's NB. I mean, I don't really have much to add. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You don't want to argue with the president. You agree, John, or you got somebody else? Uh, I don't know. It's been kind of switching from week to week because everybody – I don't know about y'all, but everybody's playing like the best players are like playing at their best, honestly. Like I got Dame though. Uh he's missing his next two best players with CJ McCollum out, um, Nurkic out. Melo has been good, but he hasn't been great. Gary Trent has been good but not great. He doesn't his backup, Anthony Simons, is okay, but he doesn't really provide consistent enough offense when Dame isn't there, which none of the rest of the team do. And to have him in that fourth, fifth place spot uh, with top five in scoring, his percentage is up for the most part this year. So I got Dame and then, of course, Embiid as well. But Dame got me. Everybody's got to have Embiid on their list. Come on. What about you, Mo? What about you? It's the same. I got Embiid. I got Embiid one. I got Dame two. Okay. Um, I I had it being Embiid one, LeBron two. But I have to. Take my bias out. LeBron is still putting MVP like numbers up. Like, let's not forget. Let's not lose track of what LeBron's doing while loot, but he's losing, and that's why Jokic isn't in the conversation like that anymore. Right, uh, losing. You have to win games. You're not gonna be the seventh AFC and win MVP. Like, you don't see that that often. It doesn't happen that often when you got Joel Embiid, one of the best players in the NBA, let alone on one of the best teams in the NBA, best team in his conference. So I'm going and be – he's my MVP. Another guy I'm looking at, Steph Curry. Like, yeah, yep. yeah. We, we have – there's multiple guys. I, he's not my MVP. When we talk about the MVP race, I got, you know, Embiid 1, Dame 2, LeBron 3. I think LeBron's 3A and Curry's 3B. Like, those – all those guys all could win MVP, 
but I have to I gotta credit Steph. Like the question was can, can he carry impressive. a team? Yep. Clay gets hurt. Like we knew the Warriors were about to be and then Clay gets hurt. And now it's like can Steph return to that MVP like play and not look at him? Like they have a winning record. It's not by much, but they have a winning record. They they've lost Wiseman for multiple games. They've been playing basically without a center. There's a point where Draymond Green missed so many games. And, yep. and you're seeing, like, Steph is carrying that load. He, you know, he's been Hooper of the night for the Hoopers for uh, at least five times. At least. You know, at least five times. No, so, yeah. I, I got to mention Steph in this conversation. Absolutely. Just to let him know. He's, him and LeBron, to me, are 3A, 3B. You can put, yeah. you know, if you got Curry over LeBron in your MVP race, I wouldn't be mad. If you got LeBron over Curry, I wouldn't be mad. But and we're they're neck about, and neck for that and, third spot. And we're talking about specifically the first half. It's obviously MB. Like, at the yeah. end of the year, it might be a different conversation. Been super impressed. Uh, surprise player might even be Steph just because of, like, they basically didn't have a season last year, and then as good as he's played without Clay, and kind they of were ready to cancel Steph. Like yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> crazy. Another player that I know a lot of people might not be thinking about, but we should start looking at Kyrie up there too. Like, oh, okay. On 90, 50, 40. Harden too, though. Yeah, like Harden, hard, like Kyrie yeah, and Harden like, might be five A, five B together. Like I'm trying to give you something. Uh, our uh, our partner uh, Stephen. Uh, Gillespie at obviously MVP. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. Embiid in my opinion. Like it, it's where I got like I said, I got Dame too, and, and it's it's not close to me between Embiid and everybody else. I think everybody else is close, but what Dame is doing is impressive. Like we have to realize, you know, like John said, he's missing his two his next two best players. That yeah. roster really isn't that good. Like. Not no really. McCollum, no Nurkis. That, that roster isn't really that good. You got Damian Lillard. I think him and Steph are in the same position, and they're yeah, pretty much doing the same thing. They're carrying – their team is going to be as great as they are, and they're being great. So, like, I feel like they fall in the same category of the expectation. They have to play at an MVP level for their team to be yeah. any good or else they're going to be bottom of the – you know, bottom of the league in a sense. I will say it, though, like, I, I know he's not up there in a the race as high as those other guys, and I know Chris doesn't want to say it, but um, it's like as far as, like, what they're doing for their team, and the, Julius Randle, again, has to be mentioned as far as, like, mm-hmm. you know, if, 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 if Julius Randle's name was, you know, an, another big name that got traded there, I think people would be like, you know, we're all hesitant. We're all hesitant when a guy, you know, jumps up like that. But I'm just saying, like, for what he's done for his team, like, it's been pretty amazing to watch. Uh, so, uh, speaking of watch, second half teams to watch. Now, this is basically like, you know, we know like Lakers, Nets, um, you know, everybody's watching the Celtics. But who do you guys see as like either a team that could jump up from, say, like the, the bottom now and jump into the playoffs and make some trouble like Miami did last year out of nowhere or a team that may fall out of it? I mean, you can go either way you want with it. So uh, we'll start with the Hoopers on this. Who's your team to watch the second half? Team to watch in the second half. Um, honestly, I think I know they're in third place right now, but Milwaukee because even though they're in third, they're kind of teetering. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah, nobody's really yeah, nobody's paying attention like they were last year. That's that's yeah. fair. Milwaukee is on might could drop down a couple spots. Um, I think the Hornets. I think the Hornets if they keep their play up, um, Malik Monk have a couple good nights. Devontae Graham figure out where he fits in that rotation. I hope they trade for a big man. I, I can't watch Cody Zeller anymore and pick and roll with a mellow ball. I can't I, believe Cody Zeller's still playing. <laughs> that dude's like my age, right? like 28, 29, honestly. I know. It's crazy, though. 
And um, I got the Bulls as well. I think the Bulls can rise up. Uh, Kobe White, Zach Levine. Wendell Carter's been way better than I thought he could be. And I hope all these guys are legit and they're as good as I think they are. I'm get, I'm getting excited about this team, but I've done this before and then, you know. Nah, I see, but I think I think this is it. I think Billy Donovan is a good coach. And I do, too. For this team. I do, too. Yeah, so you Charlotte, Chicago, Milwaukee maybe sliding out a couple spots down. Yeah. Okay, what about you, Fresh? Uh, the main team I'm watching, they, they I expected a lot more for them coming into the season. It's kind of the Wizards. Uh, oh, okay. They've gotten, they've gotten some wins recently. Their team is kind of meshing. You know, Russ, Russell Westbrook's been in and out the lineup, and they started with some injuries and things like that. But I think a lot of people – I know I definitely thought the Wizards could fight for the playoffs coming to the, to the year, and they've been around the bottom of the league. But they've gotten wins against some good teams. So, And it's the East, so I think you can get hot. They got two of the best players in the conference. Bradley Beal leads the NBA in scoring. So the Wizards have a chance to, you know, all you have to do is get to 10 to fight for the play-in game to make the playoffs. So That's right. And a win streak, I mean, a win streak in the East right now can jump you. Like we talked about the Bulls are, exactly. like, Bulls are within a, a few games of being a, having a home court advantage. Like, that's, that's insane, man. So, But it can go both ways. Like, we right. know that. Uh, Steven has the Pacers. Uh, Chris LeBron, who's uh, who do you want to watch in the second half? The Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks for me. Okay. Um, because they're a very interesting team coming into the season. I was very high on Atlanta. Obviously, you know, I was the Hoopers know, you know, they haven't played up to their, you know, what how they should, but they were almost on my surprise, like negative yeah. team. I, I I could definitely see them making a a uh, a move at the deadline to, you know, obviously John Collins situation is is interesting. But to me, that's the that's the team I'm really looking at. I'd see what they're going to do second half. I think uh, if they keep in tag, I think they'll be fine. But I wouldn't be surprised if they make a move. Also. <laughs> so, Stephen, before we get to most, Stephen just narrowed in all 30 teams. He's really it is. I think it is uh, going to be a really good season, and I think the second half is going to be awesome. But uh, all right, Mo, who who do we want to watch? Phoenix Suns. I I, I was the hoping Phoenix, somebody would say that the, the Phoenix Suns. That was who I was dead set on. So I was hoping nobody said it but it, i mean i, I would have been upset but the phoenix suns um like you said you know bridges is a guy who ultimately is better he's a surprise player as far as how consistent he's been playing uh devin booker we know what devin booker is so right. to me it's not yeah. a surprise like i'm surprised he was an all-star snub and the only reason he's in is because anthony davis was hurt yeah we knew that once ad was announced we knew Devin Booker was going to be the guy to replace him. I think there would have been an uproar if it was anybody else uh, out of the Western Conference. And then, but the the thing with Phoenix that I think this will be an impact on how great this guy's legacy actually is, is Chris Paul. Chris Paul doesn't have a championship, but he makes teams better. He <laughs> makes players better. Like He's when never he made goes a there, work. yeah, I agree. Yeah, when he goes there, he makes them better. Look at. OKC last year, like they had like a less than a three percent chance of making the playoffs, and instead they they're what the fifth seed in the yeah. Western Conference last year. Look yep. at Phoenix; everybody was okay. Phoenix could probably sneak in in the eighth seed, maybe get to the playoffs. You know, we don't, but he he elevates everybody. Devin Booker is going to benefit from playing with Chris Paul. Oh yeah, DeAndre Ayton is going to become a better player for the rest of his career for playing with Chris Paul. Like he's going to elevate those guys. For the rest of their career, Gilgis Alexander at OKC is going to be a star 
later on, Superstar. and it's from playing Superstar with, and it's from playing with Chris Paul. Like that's, he elevates those guys, so I think that's a better legacy than him chasing championships. He could have went to the Lakers this year. He could have went to the back to the Clippers. There's so many things he could have did, but instead of going to win a championship, like and jumping on, you know, riding the coattail of anybody, he said, you know what? I re my legacy will be making guys better. Like when you look. Look at how that guy took the next step while playing alongside of me, and it's going to forever affect these Agreed. guys' careers. So, Agreed. so I definitely the Phoenix Suns, and I'm just—I mean, I'm a Chris Paul fan, so I'm, I, I I'm love with Chris you. Paul. And, and for those reasons, because like now you'll start this. If if what we're talking about is true, this is where the Chris Paul effect should start taking hold, and the team should get a little bit better. And then by the time the playoffs come around, hopefully, you know they're they're what they. They're, they're built on that momentum they they had in the bubble last year, which man, every time I just think about that bubble, I just got a smile on my face. That was so much fun to watch. But uh, it was. Speaking of fun to watch, so that everybody that is like that's kind of our uh, uh, analytical side. Like we talked about who to watch, we talked about the players, we talked about the MVP race. So we have a little bit of fun right here, and uh, I know the Hoopers are going to love this because they've been uh, they've been on this all year. So uh, we got the All Star break coming up. Everybody knows the favorite event in the All-Star break is a slam dunk contest. So I want to ask you guys, what was your favorite slam dunk contest of all time? I'm going to start with Chris LeBron once again because, you know, I'm afraid of losing him. So, Chris LeBron, I know you're going to take somebody's because I, I already I know what yours are. He's about to take mine. I know it. Watch. <laughs> I know it. I know he's about to take mine. So, Chris LeBron, your favorite slam dunk contest of all time? 2000 slam dunk contest. Vince Carter. Elbow in the rim, windmill, it's over. That's that'll always stay forever with me for the rest of my life. So it was amazing. Steve Francis, I think Steve Francis was in it. The young T Mac was in it. I mean, there was some some stars in that. But stars me, in it. That, Vince Carter, that was amazing. That that's all I gotta say. It's just it, it just Well, it was it was half man, half amazing, right? Um, no, that was a great performance. And it's like, you guys are, you guys are all young. Like, I don't know. Like, do you remember that they canceled the slam dunk contest for a year? Like it got yeah. so bad. Like, yeah, it was bad. And then when, it, when Kobe, when Kobe came into the league, they're like, wait a minute, we gotta, we gotta figure this out. Like we gotta get this kid on screen and we gotta get these stars in here. And that's what produced that slam dunk contest is, you know, for a while was, uh, it's once Jordan kind of was like, nah, I got to focus on basketball. Then all of a sudden, it was bench players that were in the dunk contest. It was it just mm -hmm. changed it so much. And then when Kobe and these guys started coming in, they're like, "Wait a minute, we we got to figure this out." And uh, they they sure did. So yeah, two thousand was awesome. So uh, all right, Mo, you got you got a good one in the chamber, man. You go next. Oh yeah, the 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 bringing back the dunk contest back to life. Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. That was Boy, to Aaron, me like right. I know I know there was. Aaron Gordon should have won that one first off. Like, I know his last dunk was like, uh, he didn't wow us. I mean, when you look at what he did, the boom, 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 like it was crazy, but I get it. You know, Zach Levine put it in between his legs from the free throw line. We never seen it before. It's over. Cancel Christmas. But to me, <laughs> that dunk contest right there, the dunk contest has been kind of iffy on and off. One year, it'll be, it'll wow us. And then, like, a couple years, it'll be bad. Ooh. So y'all so remember like, the year they like did that weird timer thing and um yeah. Yeah. Who, was, yeah. you know, who was a white dude that got like twelve chances? Yeah, that was that was terrible. Birdman, Chris Anderson. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like that when like, they were doing that, that was, that was it was cruel. terrible. Like there and there were years where like okay, we get a really good one 
And then, like, for the next three to four years, it's like, eh. We got guys repeating for the simple fact. Nobody, it was a point in time, again, nobody wanted to do it. But then you got Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. That was my favorite dunk contest I ever watched. I think Mano Imano, that was the best one as far as a head-to-head matchup. When you evaluate those dunks and you look, I think that was the most exciting head-to-head matchup. It was up in the air until Zach Levine put it in between his legs from the free throw line. It was an up-in-the-air contest. Like, you just you, – you couldn't have been wrong either way, but I think – to me, Aaron Gordon got robbed. I think Aaron Gordon won that dunk contest, in, in my opinion. I mean, he literally sat in a chair, you know what I'm saying, head above the rim and puts it under him and dunks it. Like, it was just that, – that dunk contest to me was crazy, and it revamped and, and got me excited again to watch the dunk contest because even though it's we always want to watch it, that's part of all-star game. Like, we want to watch. A lot of times, it's disappointed us. Like, it got to a point, the three-point contest was more exciting that than, was the, than the dunk contest. And that's because we're watching the best three-point shooters go at it, but we weren't watching the best dunkers exactly. go at it. Well, and that, too, and it's always been a problem. Uh, before I get to the Hoopers, it's all, the, the dunk contest has always been an issue because in-game dunkers aren't always the best, like, empty floor dunkers. Mm-hmm. Like, like like LeBron in a dunk contest would have been all right, but I think the reason he never really got in one was because like a windmill doesn't look as good when there's not five guys standing under the hoop. Uh, and then, but some of these guys like like famously Spud Webb on an empty court, like there was nothing like that. I mean, it, yeah. it, it was a, it was a freak. Nate Robinson, oh my gosh, like everyone he every time he dunked the ball was amazing. So it's a it's a unique like. I grew up on it. Like I saw the literally, like I've seen it from day one, which is crazy. Like I, I've, I've seen Doctor J dunk live. That's how old I am. When I was a kid, that's how old I am. I've seen Doctor J dunk live. I watched every Jordan one. Uh, I'm sure I'll bring that up. In a so like, it, it's an, it is a very important thing to me. But the main reason why, like I, you know, I raised a son on the dunk contest, like. You know, every year, All Star Break, like that dude was home for the rookie game. That dude was home for the dunk, the Saturday night. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that dude is home for you know the All Star game on Sunday. Like from the time he could, like he used to beg to stay up late to watch the All Star game on Sunday to watch these guys play. So it's very important to get, you know, the you know young fans involved and get to see these stars. So when I was growing up, like you know, it was like we didn't have you know, TNT, we didn't have the NBA TV. We didn't have these highlights all the time. We barely had ESPN, be honest with you. I mean, that's the truth. So like all-star weekend for me was like, oh my gosh, I just got to, I just got to see, you know, Jordan and Neek and Magic and Worthy and all these guys at the same time. And then the dunk contest was amazing. Like I said, I remember when it, I remember the first slow-mo, like the first couple of years, they just, you saw the dunk and that was it. And then like, then I remember like right around probably like mid eighties, they were like, Oh man, in slow motion, like you really see what these guys are doing. Like, can you guys fathom <laughs> highlights without slow motion? Like, that's you know, it, it's crazy, but so it's very important to me. Uh, you know, the All Star Weekend, and I, I don't, I know that it's not perfect this year because of circumstances, but it's very important to young people. Like, I, I mean, that was just my son's thing, man. That was his weekend. I uh, love All Star Weekend, and it still is. I guarantee. Yeah, I love All Star Weekend. Yeah, I guarantee it. 
I guarantee his fiance right now is like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And like, he is still glued to it. And then when <laughs> they start putting it in the video games, like, I don't know if you guys were video yep, games, NBA Live. Yeah, they, they had it in NBA, NBA Live. Live. I remember that. We got dunk contest in NBA Live. It's over. It's yeah. over. It's the greatest thing. I, I, I remember that. We was able to throw it off the jumbotron, yeah. do a <laughs> cartwheel, yeah. put it in between your leg three times. Like, NBA Live got crazy. And then just to bring up before they go, you brought up a point. I think LeBron ducked the dunk contest his whole career because of what you said, Jeff. He might not have been, you know, we say he robbed us of never competing in one. And we look at, but that could have been if LeBron competed in a dunk contest and he didn't win a dunk contest, yeah. that would get brought up when you bring him in the GOAT argument. He knew that better. would be brought up. He knew that. Like, he's known that. Now, if he would have did it at 18, I think he could have. I think he might have been able to do something yeah. at 18 years old. But, you know, he kind of – it was a little uh, at the time anyways. Yeah. If LeBron had lost – like, he could have lost one. But if he never won a dunk contest and then participated in it, yeah. it's going to get brought up in the GOAT debate, and yeah. he knew that. Kobe won one. Jordan won one. You know, Jordan won multiple. <laughs> but, like, you were going to evaluate that. And, like, if you were losing who's the greatest player of all time, especially if we're comparing, like, he's better than Kobe, he's better than Jordan. Well, he, ne he, he lost in the dunk contest, and it probably would have been to some bum – you know what I mean? Like some yeah. guy into the bench yeah. for the Warriors. Like yeah. he couldn't even beat him, but you're telling me Kenny, he's the greatest Kenny's player of all Skywalker. time. Kenny's yeah, Skywalker. like like he knew he he knew what he was doing. LeBron plays chess, not checkers. So like I think he felt like there was he, he wasn't creative enough to jump in the dunk contest, let and, alone and he's coming off like LeBron came into the the league off of these like the Jason Richardson years and stuff to where like mm -hmm. those these cats took it to a new level, like Vince and all those guys, like you know, when he yeah, came, he in, knew he, what he was doing. He knew like, not to playing, compete. I'm playing around with this. I'm trying to. Win I'm yeah. sorry, Hoopers. We got we got yeah. got sidetracked there. You guys, you guys, tell me your favorite dunk contest. I'm, I'm glad you ended that with Jason Richardson because that's where I'm going. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> Jason Richardson, Desmond Mason. It was I, I yes. Mean, <laughs> Jason Richardson. The second year, right? Yeah. Yeah, that one was crazy. That that one was crazy. It was it was so crazy. Like you say, we go through those years where it it is lackluster and then somebody comes and takes over and, and Jason Richardson was after the void of Vince not getting back in it for a couple of years. Yep. Yeah. And uh, you know, like I said, Desmond Mason won one. Um, did he beat Jason Richardson? I can't no, remember. he didn't beat Jason. He Jason Richardson beat him. him. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he beat, he beat, he beat throne. Desmond Mason twice. So and he just took it up to the next level after that. He's one of my favorite dunkers. I uh, I, I got him as my best, yeah, I got him there. as my best like uh, dunk competition dunker just because of the how many times he did it and the dunks he yeah. did. His size size helps. Like you don't want a you know super tall guy in it. Like I think I Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine has something to say about that though. When no, we talk okay. about the greatest contest dunker. I think Zach. Levine, you know what? We should hey, do a whole different show on that. Zach Levine put it in between the leg. He windmilled and put it in between the legs from the free throw line in the same dunk contest. We've okay. never seen it. So I remember when um, Isaiah slash uh, Jr. Ryder went between the legs from the baseline. Yep, exactly. and that was like that was like. It was all night on Sports Center, like me and my boys were like, "What did we just see? Like, we'll never see anything this great ever again." Man, there's high school kids doing that now. They do it in games. Yeah, they put it between the legs in games now, like you know. So, but to do it from the free throw line, like we got to see multiple Zach Levine, you know, windmill for the free throw line. If I'm not mistaken, we've never seen that. I know we never seen a guy put it in between the legs from the free throw line. So. You know, I think Zach Levine might have something to say with him participating a couple of years. 
Uh, he might he might have something to say about you know who was the best dunk contest dunker of all time. Like him, Vince Carter, Richardson, that would be an argument. But we, he he would be standing there with a lot of lot of dunks to throw up there to, to put that. him there. We may have to do that as a show. Maybe All Star Weekend. I'll do I'll just do a show on best All Star All Star Saturday Night performers ever ever. Like Greg Hodges and Larry Bird and Richardson. <laughs> Greg yeah, Hodges I mean, have to compete. Anyone he didn't even have a team. <laughs> they ain't have a team. You got to compete. Yeah. No. So mine, you you guys know, I picked '88 uh, Jordan versus Neek. Uh, that that stuff was crazy. Like uh, Dominique still Dominique's a guy that crossed over. Like he's one of the better in game dunkers and you know all star dunkers. Like that, that was a it was amazing what he did. The the 360 windmill is still the way it was shot. Uh, <laughs> You watch that in slow motion. It's still one of the greatest things like I've ever seen in, in my life. You know, Jordan from the free throw line, like we were all like, what did we just see? And it's funny because I would say right now in the NBA, 30 guys could do that. If I had to guess, like 30 guys could jump from it. But like, you know, you know kiss the rim. But also Jordan, when Jordan was doing this, like he was also really, really good. So it was a little unique, you know. When, when he was doing that so there was nothing like me you know trying to trying to recreate jordan on my nerf hoop in my bedroom and getting yelled at you know by my mom's to stop jumping around and shaking the house like it was just one of the just the just greatest events of the year so you know i had to take an old school one. but all you know all those are all those are correct and that's and that's what's cool about them is like that's why they should still have them because you never know when you're going to get that night. Like what was the night? Nate Robinson and Dwight Howard and the crazy Superman yeah. stuff and the stickers. It was fun. That was, yeah. that was fun. Like, you're just you're just celebrating the NBA. You know what I mean? And I'm a, oh, sorry, Mr. LeBron is back, but you're just celebrating the NBA. That's what I always say. Like I, you know, some of them aren't great or whatever, but they're just having fun. Three point contest can be awesome. Yeah, um, every year. Here's what's funny. I don't even know if you guys know this existed. So before the the rookie sophomore game, it used to be NBA Legends. It was the NBA Legends game, and so you can imagine though, it was pretty cool because like in the '80s, the Legends. I mean, these dudes played in the '60s. Yeah. But, and this is crazy. But what started happening is these dudes were blowing their they're blowing their knees out because they didn't play basketball all year. <laughs> and I, I remember the last one. If you go back and look, like two dudes got carried off the court that night, and they're like. No, nah, we can't do this. So they invented the rookie sophomore game because that's who should be playing. And they, they still give the money to the same, like, uh, you know, uh, fun for the NBA, like, you know, the older NBA players and stuff. But they're like, man, we can't be carting these, we can't be carting these dudes off. They're going to have a year of rehab because they played a an all-star game. <laughs> yeah, it was wild, man. But, but I watched it. It was Friday night, man. I watched the NBA Legends. Like, I didn't care. Yeah, yeah, we gotta do we gotta do a dunk contest show because I think the most overrated dunk of all time was Blake Griffin jumping over the car. Oh, and the reason why I say that is because he didn't jump over the roof; he jumped over yeah, the hood of the car. Every dude in the NBA that could dunk would have did that. Exactly, he jumped. Everybody over, that in that dunk contest would have yeah. did that. If he would have jumped, over, he even got a key he commercial. He got sponsorship for doing that. If he would have jumped over the roof of the car. I'd be like, okay, that was amazing. Yeah, he wasn't about to hurt it. But he, he, he jumped over the hood. Like, that was like, bro, everybody in it, it was so hyped up because of the, the photo yep. caption. Like, that picture from that yeah, was yeah. crazy. But 
it, to me, that was like the most overhyped dunk when we started talking about because it would probably get brought up as some of the best dunks that we've seen in a dunk contest. I'm like, I give him no credit. He jumped over the hood. Everybody in that dunk contest could jumped over the hood. If you, he I needed mean, to I, jump over the roof. Here's what's funny. I got a Hyundai, and it's not. It's about the same size as a Kia, right? I could damn near jump over the hood of my Hyundai. I'm just saying, like, it's, on camera, like I know what it looks like, but they ain't that big. It's they're really not. Yeah, like everybody there. I think he did it. It was a money move. He got sponsored by Kia. He was at Kia yeah. commercials. You know, yeah, obviously yeah, they yeah. were the official sponsor of the NBA at the time, but then he got all his Kia commercials and everything. I was like, yeah, it was just a money move because if he'd have jumped over the roof, I'd have gave him a, 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 a lot more credit. I still think probably anybody in that – I, I don't know about the roof. The roof was actually pretty high. When you yeah, talk about hard, not man. getting tripped up, but – the hood, like, I could jump onto the hood of the car. I don't know if I could jump over it, but I know I could jump onto the hood. So I know a 6'10 Blake Griffin, if I could jump on it, I know he could jump over it clearly. Like, that, to me, it just wasn't as impressive as, like, the photo capture moment, though. If we, you have that, you can hang that up as a poster, show it to your kids, and they're going to think that was, like, probably the greatest dunk we ever seen in our lifetime. But you know, was, was that dunk, but he jumped over the hood. Like, I would, I'd raise my son and tell, bro, he only jumped over the hood. It was trash. It was weak. <laughs> Don't let that photo, you can't even have that hanging in your house. Mm -mm. And, and, no. I, and I'll say another thing as far as overrated stuff, like, it, it was crazy how much it meant to win the dunk contest. I ne I was never comfortable with Jordan doing two free throw dunks in the same in the same contest to win it. I, I, like, I'll say it. Like, I know it's. No, I, he did it the year before, too. Yeah, yeah, I was never comfortable with that, but that's how much it meant. I, I get really did like, I, I can't explain to you what it was like sitting there watching that, like the the Neek Jordan years, like it it was insane. But I was I was like, come on, man, like gotta have something. But but you know, we all know that those guys weren't working on these dunks. You know what I mean? Like they had other things to do, like playoffs, and you know, those Atlanta teams that Neek was on was good too. You know, it wasn't like you know. He was, you know, we're talking, he's an all of famer, not a guy off the bench. So, but it was wild stuff, man. So, hey, I can't thank all you guys enough for coming on. This was exactly what I wanted. Kind of set the stage for the second half of the season. Uh, it, it was really, I like talking NBA because I don't know, you know what I mean? I'm not the experts that you guys are. So, I want to thank each one of you for coming on. Uh, the Hoopers, you know, go check out them. You know, every week they drop. They, you guys go live every week. You're still Wednesday or, or is it? Friday mornings. Uh, Friday? Yeah, Friday, Friday mornings. If not, it's always on there. You can always, you know, go back and watch or whatever. Then, you know, they have the podcast everywhere you listen to your podcast. Uh, they're part of Off the Ball Network, just like the rest of us. So check out everything they're doing. Mo up in flames now that he's kind of settled down a little bit from uh, his missions abroad. Uh, you know, he's putting out <laughs> content. He's putting out content like every other day now. Up in flames got a new logo. Uh, he's got live shows going all the time. You know, he's writing for the Off the Ball Network. Uh, he's got a ton of stuff going on right now. So, so uh, Mo, like, uh, you're kicking it, and we appreciate it, man. Yeah, we got our mock draft. Matter of fact, uh, yes. picks one through ten drop tomorrow. Tomorrow night, uh, right? Yep, tomorrow. We we did the show already. Oh, okay. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna release it uh, tomorrow. So yeah, everybody's gonna be able. I'm you excited know, it's for a, that. It's a network sponsored thing, so. You know, it's hosted by me, but this is a network event. Everybody's going to be involved that can be. And um, basically, you know, as we you're going to hear 1 through 10, 11 through 20 will be next week. And then 21 through 32 will be the week after. And then after that, we're going to put together a graphic show. And it's going to be the official first sure. round off the ball network mock draft. Everybody who participated and had their pick for those teams 
are going to get their credit for making that pick. So it's not one individual effort. So, but uh, one picks one through ten, drop tomorrow video and on audio, the audio version for podcast, and then I'll, I'll release the video and everything tomorrow too. So that's definitely something to look forward to. Oh, yeah, that, that was a dope good, conversation, man. you know. And and it's only going to get harder because next week is eleven through twenty, but those picks one through ten. Those players are off the board, so if a guy got picked before, you know, you know, it's gonna have to come out because you gotta do your homework now. So, but it, it was definitely fun to do, exciting. So I'm ready to release that tomorrow. That's awesome, man. I'm looking forward to that. And up once again, everybody, up in flames. Every podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, like Mo's there, you won't regret it. Um, you know, always high energy, always informative, always fun stuff. So. Uh, and then Chris LeBron, like, uh, what are you working now? Like, you got like six, seven shows a week now. Oh, me? Yeah, I got a few shows. I just did a show with uh, with Scott Pollard, uh, Rashad Phillips. You know, got some, got some, um, a new betting show, Nothing But Bets on Dash Radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I got a few projects I'm going, so I'm excited. Yeah, so Chris LeBron, president of the Off the Ball Network. Uh, you guys go oh. listen to his podcast. Like, he's uh, he puts out content like every other day. He's getting a lot of great guests on there. He's a great interviewer. Go check that out. Go check out his stuff on the network, offtheballnetwork.com, just like all of us. Like, we got so much going on right now. Uh, that's why I had these guys on. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm, just a, I'm just a host tonight. Uh, they're, they're, they're the brains of the operation. Um, I'm just a talking head. So you guys all know me, Jeff. Jeff needs sports. Jeff needs help. You know, we still got the WandaVision stuff going on. If anybody's crossing over between the two podcasts with Stephen Gillespie, uh, he's got a show tonight, uh, which is super dope. Um, and once again, you know, listen to me wherever you uh, listen to your podcast, like, share, review all of us. You know, if you're just if you're just a friend of the show, go give give every one of us here uh, a like, share, review, a five star or whatever. It, it helps a lot, means a lot to us. And go read all of our articles and everything, all that all the guys are writing. So that's it. Um, enjoy the rest of the NBA season. Uh, enjoy, you know, all star weekend. Uh, have a good time. Be kind to each other. Um, who's going to say it? Chris has to say it. Don't be racist. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks a lot, gentlemen. All right, guys. All right, Appreciate you, man.